everyone thanks for listening to the gtm news show i got chris here today hey chris hey what's going on thanks for having me yeah great great thanks for thanks for joining me um the reason why i asked for you to come on and for some context for the audience was uh, i've been following you on linkedin for a while um it's a general theme of a lot of my guests and uh, i appreciated a lot of your content you shared around webinars and particularly your outbound strategy around webinars. So we'll talk about a bunch of that today. You're also a great just marketing thought leader in general around you know, SaaS acquisition and all that fun stuff. So definitely worth a follow um, for folks. But let's, let's jump right into webinars, outbound strategy. Tell me, we'll start high level, explaining kind of your overall philosophy around uh, webinars. And then what, how does your unique strategy help folks in, in this day and age in 2023? Yeah, of course. Uh, so my approach to webinars may be a bit different than some of the traditional webinars. Um, you'll see kind of a spectrum, right? On, on one side, you'll see the overly salesy info marketer type of webinar where it's like, hey, do you want to change your life? Say yes in the chat and all that very corny stuff. Then they're selling some $5,000 Amazon FBA course, right? And then on the other side, you might have very boring corporate webinars where people are droning on and on. And then there's no call to action. Like, what, what are we doing? So <laughs> I like to be in the middle of those two extremes. And really, I mean, I guess as far as a philosophy, it's really just front loading with helpful content that the audience cares about, mm. which I know sounds groundbreaking, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, who knew? Um, but no, really, like just what, what does this audience find helpful? And I might specialize in SaaS. So I work with B2B SaaS companies and so my goal is always when I'm looking at the audience, what pain points do they have? What desired transformations do they have? Help them achieve that and just giving them best practices, things they should know, and then finding out how the SaaS can fit in that transformation. Because that's another mistake I see is where people will say, oh, we're going to do a webinar and it's just a demo. Like mm. literally no one wants to watch your demo. I'm not signing up to watch you drone on and on and click unless I'm ready to buy. So making the demo part of it very short and just showing very easily like, hey, remember how we talked about X, Y, and Z? Well, here's how we do it and letting the software sell itself and then driving that next step, that micro commitment, whatever that may be for some clients, it might be a free trial. It could be a sales call, like a demo. Um, it, sometimes it could even just be purchasing directly depending on the price point. Um, so that's kind of the webinars uh, in a nutshell. Um, and you also mentioned that the outbound strategy. Yeah, please. Yeah. So, um, and this was something I, I did on accident. Like when I started on webinars, um, I was doing sales at a SaaS company and we were doing outbound calling, like literally cold calling all day. And we would do some outbound email, but nothing really came of it. So I begged the founders like, Hey, can I try something? I was losing my voice doing sales calls. Can I try doing a webinar? And it worked really well. <laughs> And at the time, I didn't know anything about paid traffic or nurturing or anything. So I was like, well, I know we have this cold email thing. I'll, I'll just email these people and see if they want to come to the webinar. <laughs> so that's all I knew. And then later people were like, so how much are you paying for traffic? I'm like, paying for traffic? What do you mean? <laughs> so that was my first couple of years. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of something I stuck with. And obviously later on learned about paid traffic. But really, it's essentially when you think about outbound, you know, what do we see is, okay, SDRs are doing this or an agency or whomever. We're sending emails out. Hopefully you're sending a sequence, right? Instead of just sending one blast, but you say, let's say you do a five touch email sequence and what do they do? Oh, can we have a demo? Do you have a time to talk? Hey, mm -hmm. can we talk? 
can we can you book a time on my calendar it's like well no so giving them some softer calls to action whether it's like hey would you like me to send some more info or hey by the way here's a webinar that's either upcoming or even one that we just did thought you might just want to check it out and then you put the ball in their court let them consume the content and i see this all the time even for myself we're like who the hell is this like someone booked a call on my calendar and like oh yeah they they got the sequence they saw a video and then decided to come in so it's it's really just trying to make a cohesive strategy whether it's with webinars with outbound with email nurturing with content like case studies and white papers is creating a cohesive customer journey um because mm -hmm. that's another thing i'm big on is is having things tie together i've seen this all the time where i'll <laughs> actually just had this conversation earlier this morning where the client's like, yeah, so uh, marketing, uh, they send out these emails for for, uh, for new prospects, but then also sales sends out emails at the same time. And I went, do you guys talk to each other at all? No? Okay, that's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's literally no alignment at all. Mm. And so having something cohesive between marketing and sales mm -hmm. is is such a win because it's, it's a, a very common problem. I've seen this for years mm -hmm. where I've been on this. I mean, I've been on both sides of this. Being in sales, where someone's like, "Hey, here's your marketing collateral," and you're like, "What? The, what is this? Like, here's a folder. Here's something." Like, I was my first sales job. I was doing selling advertising over the phone, like selling Yellow Pages and uh, early online listings up for Verizon. And they all of our collateral was folders. I'm like, "Well, I'm selling over the phone. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this folder. Do I mail it to them? Like, <laughs> just things like that. Like, it was mm. like." you're creating things in a vacuum. And then on the mm -hmm. sales side too, being on the marketing side where someone's like, Hey, you know, we have these leads coming in and they're like, Oh yeah, I didn't follow up with them or I didn't call them. Like, so it's, it's definitely a two way street. Um, so my goal is always to bridge the gap between marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's really where the magic happens. Right. Like I, everyone's got their view of like, you know, what marketing should be. My definition is very simple. Marketing's job is to help create pipeline for the sales team. Obviously for a sales led organization, if it's something where it's like it's direct purchase, then it's like, oh, we'll help create pipeline for, for purchasing. Um, everything else, the branding and clicks and open rates, that's all in service of pipeline. Like mm. if someone's like bragging about their click rate, mm. like what's your money rate, dude? Like, where's the money? I don't I like care that. about, you know, so um, yeah, I've got some hot takes. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. Hot takes all day. I love it. Super cool. Thanks so much. That's a lot. And I, I will, let's, uh, I'm going to go back a little bit and we're kind of get, I made a list and kind of going through because there's a bunch of things that I think folks should, should, uh, should consider. First, let's talk about front loading, front loading with valuable content. Um, and everyone is, you know, being bored or being pitched to death um, in a webinar. You know, I hear people's, uh, you know, objections. Number one, you know, you don't want to give away too much content or too much value without, um, you know, you don't want to give away the secret sauce of how everything's made before they get on a call with you or whatever. Tell, tell me about your, just your, what you've experienced with like giving as much content, as much value as quickly as possible. Um, unconditionally. Yeah. I, I always think it's funny when people are like, you got to hide this sauce. I'm like, there's nothing to hide. Number one. <laughs> and, and number two is like, people forget that they are fighting for attention, right? Right mm. now in this podcast, if someone's listening to it or clip, we're fighting for attention. Mm. So when you go into a webinar and you go, hey, we're gonna talk for 10 minutes. I went to the University of Gun and I majored in Gun. Like, who gives a shit, mm. right? Like, I'm here for a reason. And especially B2B type of content, 
I'm not here because you're so interesting. I'm not here because I love the sound of your voice. I'm not here because you're a movie star. I'm here because I want to learn something that will help my business. Mm -hmm. I was actually on a, <laughs> I was on a webinar yesterday, just, just watching. Cause I was like, oh, this is interesting. And someone in the chat, actually, I think I might've posted it on LinkedIn. Someone in the chat went, bro, you've been talking for 10 minutes and haven't said a thing, please mm -hmm. get to the point. And that is such a critical mm -hmm. error, right? People, and I see this sometimes it's because people think like the act of doing a webinar is sufficient. It's like, no, no, that's mm -hmm. just the beginning. That's the vehicle. So when you talk about content, number one, keep those intros short. You know, like when I do mine, I just go, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I've worked with so-and-so who cares? Like I could make a joke out of it. Like, Hey, here's people I worked with. You can Google me. Who cares? And I and just give a few bona fides of like, that I know what I'm talking about. Like, Hey, okay. We've done 7 million in attributable revenue, worked with X amount of clients. I'll show the logos. Now let's get to it. And then same thing for a company can do this, right? Hey, we've worked with Disney and IBM and blah, blah, blah. And we've helped X number of people do whatever, then get to why they're there. And so with the idea of front loading is, you know, again, like this is sometimes where people mess up in two ways. One is the topics themselves, no one cares about, right? They're mm -hmm. like, oh, why didn't anyone want to hear about my, my webinar about creating value in a marketplace? Like, what does that mean? What are you talking about? Right? So like the hook of the webinar is so important. And then once you've got a good hook, just give them the info. You know, so like the way I structure it is like, so let's say I have a high level thing I want them to achieve, right? Like, hey, I want you to, to double the conversion rate on your demos, for example, right? Now I'll start giving best practices and mistakes. Like, hey, these are the top three mistakes people make on demos. And I'll start going through that stuff. And the first few things may have nothing to do with the software at all, but I know the audience cares about this, right? So like, you know, I, I've done a lot of webinars for insurance or AI or developers. It doesn't matter who it is. People want to get better at what they do. And so if you're giving them these best practices going, oh, that's interesting. And and things that, that you, that, you know, sometimes, especially with brands, they think these, some, some things are very old hat to like, oh, people won't care about mm -hmm. that. It's like, like I did one for trade show marketers, right? And the, the client was like, man, we need to have this very esoteric and weird content. And I'm looking at this stuff and I went, you know what? I bet, let's just try this. And we gave them some tips that like, the client was like, oh, we, we know that, but the audience had no idea. They're like, we have to follow up with our leads? I had no idea. Like I, if I follow up mm -hmm. with my leads faster, I make more money. It's like, it can be that simple, right? Mm -hmm. It's like best practice is a best practice. Mm -hmm. And so educating them with these best practices show, and then showing this transformation, right? Storytelling, case studies, you know, showing the magic, right? Because people don't care about your product. They care about what your product does for them. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other thing too, is they get very product heavy with webinars where they're like, Hey, and this is how this product does X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. That's only if you've got a, a really cool product, like the exception to my, this rule is like Descript. You know, I love, mm. they have very product heavy webinars, but their product is amazing. Mm. It's so cool. Just going around like, wow, you can edit a podcast mm. and you can do this and do this. But most of the time for products, like the product itself, no one cares about. But mm. if I show you, Hey, this is how you save 10 hours a week or this is how you can automate your follow-ups. This is how you can generate referrals, you know, on autopilot, right? These mm -hmm. types of things. And then as you show these best practices, again, like you're fighting for attention. So they're there and now you've got credibility, right? Robert, Robert Cialdini talks about this and in influence this reciprocity principle, right? Where if I give you something, 
right? I, hey, I'm going to give you this great content. Now you're giving me your attention. Mm -hmm. So when it's time for the ask, when it's time for like, hey, by the way, if you want a free trial, they go, oh, this person has credibility. I've already, mm -hmm. I'm already excited. As opposed to, I'm going to bore you to tears and then be shocked that you don't want to buy from me, mm -hmm. right? Wow, I've bored you for an hour. What do you mean you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to buy my SaaS that I didn't, that I didn't show you? Mm -hmm. That's another one I can't, it's, it's hilarious to me where I'm like, they'll show screenshots of it. I'm like, you will never in your life have 300 people in real time live that can look at your product and you're not going to show them anything, hmm. not a thing. Give them a minute, give them a few minutes of it just to show how easy it is. Hmm. Um, yeah, I could, I could rattle. I love it. Super good stuff. Oh man. I think uh, a couple things that st uh, stood out, obviously fighting for attention. Um, every, I think uh, marketers and sellers maybe are so close to, uh, close to this that we probably are a little uh, more aware of this, but folks that are outside those functions, I, I think it just, it's, it's, uh, yeah, the average person, you know, I think Forbes came out with a study, the average person has like 5,000 ads in front of them a day, um, and uh, which is just crazy, right, to think about. And then in general, um, yeah, just because somebody's consuming your content doesn't mean you can't, you have to, yeah, you have to keep them uh, engaged in the pacing and the value. Um, is like, it'll just look at, just look at like TikTok, right? Like our attention spans are only getting shorter. Um, and that's why platforms like TikTok are so popular. I think the same type of mindset we have to take over into, especially the B2B in long form content where, um, your value per second has to like skyrocket, right? Uh, super interesting. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how do you pick the right hook or pick the right titles? I know through my experience, like it took me when I first started doing webinars, very similar story actually of, of how I got into webinars as a salesperson and, and somebody told me, Hey, you should do some sort of live event or webinar in your, in your funnel. And, um, and it was groundbreaking and, and, uh, and have never turned back. It's been a pretty awesome experience, um, creating long form content in that way. But I'd love to hear from you because it took me a while to figure out the topics and the hooks and the, and the titles and, and the content that people would resonate with. What's your process? How do you go through that without doing like for me, it took me like 12 webinars six months later. That was like, oh, here's the one that's like, you know, that got viral and, you know, got 400 it. registers you know, later and, you know, three or four new clients out of this one web. It was awesome. Right. How do you how do you expedite that? How do you get that a faster? Process? Yeah. So, um, so it's funny because you mentioned the point about TikTok, right? About like, hey, we're fighting for attention. Attention spans are short. But somebody can go on TikTok and they might be on it for an hour, right? Mm. They're watching all these videos. So like you're keeping that attention. And the hooks, kind of like TikTok in a way, it's what people are already searching for. So I do a lot of mm. customer research. So with every client, we do a, ton, I mean, a ridiculous amount of research. So like we will look, scour every review of their product, their competitor's product, look for commonalities, look at, message boards and Facebook groups and wherever this, this target audience is, what are they complaining about? What are they talking about? What's the way that they speak? Right. Cause like, like every, every industry has their own little jargon, things like that. I listen to sales calls, um, re religiously and, uh, same problem with webinars, same thing with demos. People are so goddamn boring on demos mm. or it's like, Hey man, I signed up for a sales call, but like, you gotta, I'm getting paid to listen to it and I'm still bored to tears sometimes listening to demos. Um, but listening to that. And I also mm. love doing customer interviews. Um, mm. if clients have them, I'll just listen to the recording, but I love 
interviewing customers because it's one of those funny things where people go, yeah, we talk to our customers. And I go, did you talk to a customer or did you talk to a prospect? Right? Because mm. after they sign up, when's mm. the last time you spoke to them? When's the last time anyone spoke to them? Mm. And just like checking in like, hey, so, you know, uh, Kevin Dorsey, who's on, on LinkedIn, has a great, I think it's like four or five question thing. So I'll abbreviate it, but basically asking like, hey, you know, why did, why did you buy? What problem were you trying to solve? You know, what's your favorite feature? You know, what kind of time savings or, you know, whatever benefits did you, did you reach? Mm. And I, my, one of my favorite questions too is like, what did you do five minutes before you started using the app? What were you doing? Mm. And then just kind of understanding their workflow. And like, again, like I love getting this information because the best copywriting hack is just to speak mm. in the language that your customers already use and give their words back to them. Mm. And it happens all the time on a webinar where someone's like, did you sell insurance before? Wow, are you an ETL developer? I'm like, nope, I don't know anything about this. I just listened to you guys and did but like you just speak those little bits of jargon, right? Like you mentioned some type of CRM they use or some type of process and they go, oh, that's for me. And it's counterintuitive, but I'm a big believer of this in marketing and specifically webinars of getting narrower, right? If mm -hmm. someone says like, hey, I'm doing something for sales teams. Like, okay, that's great. But can we narrow it to like an SDR at a B2B SaaS that does enterprise deals? Right. And it's like the same type of information, but the more specific you can get, the more your audience will go, Oh, that's me. Mm. That's all you want to like Chris Voss has another thing in that uh that book, Never Split the Difference, where mm. he goes, the the uh the things he wants to hear, he doesn't want to hear yes from someone. He wants to hear that's right. Mm. You know, like he negotiate he was a like a a, a hostage negotiator. Mm. And so he wanted to be able to speak that person's thoughts mm. back to them and the person go, That's right. Mm. You know, so you get, if you can get to that, that's right, you're on the right track. And and my my litmus test for any webinar is I'm going to invite customers to it because I know if customers want to show up, mm -hmm. then it's good. Because if customers are like, eh, I don't know, it sounds sketchy, like then I know it's like, oh, there's a problem. Um, hmm. And it also keeps you honest as a marketer because you're like, oh, maybe I'll offer a discount because they're on the webinar. It's mm. like, better not offer that discount because that becomes your new price. So now the customers are on there like, uh, oh, by the way, if you're, you know, like it, it, it keeps you from, from doing the, the dirty tricks, right. Of like the short sighted things. Um, and, and that's again, that customer journey, because another thing people are like, I don't, why do I want to invite customers to the webinar? And I go, dummy, you have people in the chat that love your product and they're going to type in, man, I love this CRM. You can't buy that kind of social proof. Mm. You can't buy that of people in the chat that don't work for you singing the praises about your product and go, man, I love the call recording mm. feature. It's like, great. And I even, I'll, one of my favorite style of webinars to do is interview a customer. I'll do, I've, that was how I started because again, like I didn't know anything about webinars, but like I was selling to insurance agents back then. And I went, oh, I think so-and-so is like the number one guy at farmer's insurance i wonder what he does and so <laughs> so i called him up it's like hey man would you want to do a webinar and talk about your process and i just interviewed him like this and i went hey so like how you know how did you get started what do you do on your sales calls how what kind of leads do you buy do you use a script oh by the way how do you use a software do you use the the dialing functionality do you send text messages do you do this and just let and then your customer demos the product for you mm. Cause like I can demo it and go, well, here's the, the reporting tab and, ugh. 
but like I'm not the end user, but it's so much cooler when they go, oh yeah, I use this, I use this, I don't use this that much. And it can be scary because they're like, oh shit, this, we're demoing in real time. But it's so fun and the audience always loves it. So it's like, it's less work and it's also more fun. So like you combination of like doing intense research and then being able to structure the webinar in a way with a freeform interview is, is the most fun. That's why I feel like that's kind of like, if there's one thing I do better than anything else in this mm -hmm. is, is probably that gold, Chris. Oh, I love that. I mean, I think for anyone that is looking to, like you said, back on the copywriting hack, uh, just take your customer's words, right. And doing customer research and just you know, not only putting yourselves in their shoes, right? Being super empathetic uh, and trying to get yourselves, because that's like, that's the one problem of every marketer, every seller is that we're usually not the buyer, right? We've usually not been in their shoes. And so it's really hard ultimately to bridge that gap. And so all that customer research is gold. And then I love that little, you know, you just threw that in there almost casually was you brought your customers on and invited them on which validated a couple things. First, it validated the content is valuable enough for them to take time out of their day, number one, which is huge um, that, you, that you get that validation. But then you also have all that social proof and you're getting them now to engage uh, in, in the webinars. And then you also took it one step further where you had them coming on and actually speaking and also, uh, dot, you know, also contributing to the content. I'd love for you to kind of talk a little bit about that because I know for, for me starting out was like, super overwhelming to get up on stage. Like I remember my first webinar was like, you know, I was like sweating bullets. I like had to do an hour of meditation beforehand and being hyperbolic, but it was like, you know, super nerve wracking. And, uh, and so I know a lot of folks experience that right stage fright ultimately. But what I heard was you actually brought somebody else on the webinar to help create the content. Tell me about different formats of webinars yeah. that you can do. That's not just thought leadership from the company, you know, you or somebody else on the team, but somebody outside, whether it's a customer or other thought leaders. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, kind of the traditional webinar, right? I, I, in my, the way I structured, I call it the high impact training, but it's essentially thought leadership, right? It's, it's you by yourself. Maybe you have a few people from your team, you know, like sometimes, hey, maybe you have somebody in product or somebody in, in sales or somebody in development to speak about different aspects of the product, but it's all internal. Um, and I think that's a good go-to, especially like when you're doing your first one, just so you're not... Mm. trying to reach out to too many people and make it too complicated, mm. but there are other ways to do it too. Like I love, like I call that one, the, the other one, the, the customer win, right? Where it's like, if you have a customer that kills it in some area of their business. And again, this is the, the power of talking to your customers and knowing them is, you know, you like, I always like, anytime I get a new client, it's like, Hey, I'm going to talk to the sales team on the to such customer success. Hey, who are your favorite customers? Who, who like, who's doing really well, somebody that gives a case study, whatever. And understanding that and saying, oh, this person was a top seller on Amazon, right? And and the thing is, th there's a couple of fun things. Number one is people love talking about themselves, right? So I go, hey, I'd love to interview our, our power users and just like what you've been killing it in this area. I'd love, you know, there's other people, other types of businesses that probably would love to learn that too, right? And then the second thing is, obviously you get that social proof um, because the thing is, if you think about all B2B content at the end of the day, people just want to get better with their business, mm. right? It's like, how do I make more money? How do I save time? How do I take myself out of the day-to-day -day operations? How do I automate things? How do I blah, blah, blah. And it's all just under the umbrella of better. Mm. So if someone, if you have your target audience and they go, yeah, this person's killing it, right? 
and it, and what they're teaching you may be very tangential to your product, right? It could be, but it's like, it's for that market hmm. and you you can just show it in some way that's so much more valuable than some generic stuff that that you're just going to you know, that, that's, that you can find anywhere. Mm. Right. And it's not to say there's not a, a place for that, but I think the more you can get to firsthand accounts and especially not just cu even customer firsthand accounts, but your firsthand accounts as the, as the, the SAS or the product, because you deal with this market all the time. Mm. Right. So if I go, Hey, I've interviewed, or, you know, we've, we've worked with 10,000 B2B sales reps and analyzer calls. This is what we found, right? This is what we've seen with all of our, our our blank you know our concert promoters or you know whatever market it is you've because you know more of that market than any one of them do mm -hmm. right it's like like let's say i don't know you're a domino's franchisee right you you might know a couple but i know 500 of them because mm -hmm. i taught that's who i sell to i sell to domino's right mm -hmm. i sell the domino's super duper pizza app <laughs> I'm just making this up, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? But I talk to them all day. So mm -hmm. I'm like, Hey, I, this is what, so I like, that's what I'll do too. Is like, I'll, when I'm repurposing content as I get a theme, right. It's like, maybe I've had, I've done like five or six of these customer win type of webinars. I might turn around and go, Hey, these are the secrets of the top trade show marketers. Right. Cause I've interviewed them all and I collect that stuff. And that could be a webinar. That could be a white paper. That can be a case study. And it's all firsthand. And it's and the, and the fun part too is you can talk to your customer success team, you can talk to your sales team, right? Because like they're they're in the trenches, and like mm -hmm. I think that again when we talk about alignment, it's not just marketing and sales; it's everything. Mm -hmm. Everyone should be aligned mm -hmm. on this on on our goal on this growth. Um, and it's cool too because like people other departments get to hop in and go like, hey, this yeah. is what we do when we onboard people. This is what we've seen works. Um, I think marketing, like when marketing silos and they're like, Oh, we're, the, we're just don't bother us. It's like, it's, it's a mistake. Yeah. You should be, you should be with everybody. Completely agreed. Yeah. And especially from a content development strategy standpoint, marketing sometimes is for better or worse, the furthest away from the product and the customer, right? Like customer success, the product team sales, they are even closer sometimes, um, to, you know, in the trenches actually working with the customers more. And so leveraging that, um, is, is super important. We can talk about, probably talk about another half an hour of how to get your team all on the same page. But I kind of want to shift gears for the next five minutes we have left here is talking about that outbound strategy of going back to the beginning of our conversation of how you, just tell me about the pitfalls maybe people should avoid when they're going out cold. If I understand correctly, you go out cold to folks that are prospects, right? Uh, and invite them to an engaging webinar. Tell me about the pitfalls uh, with that people should avoid. Yeah, probably the big pitfalls would be being overly salesy, mm. um, giving it casual. You know, hey, I thought you might be interested in this, blah, blah, blah. You know, not enough personalization, not enough relevance. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, when you think about outbound, there's two big channels. There's cold email and LinkedIn. You could do other stuff. You could do DMs or something if you're on other platforms. But for what I do, it's cold email and LinkedIn's pr the primary part. Um, sending irrelevant content, like, if, hey, it's not for them like you're not researching your target market enough mm. you're not making it personalized at all mm. um the content itself is boring <laughs> it's mm. like it's like hey i thought you'd be interested in this shitty thing that you're not going to care about oh you're not so you know those those are probably the big ones um and also not doing it frequently enough right mm. i think uh, the, the thing with webinars is if you can do a new live webinar every month 
you're going to get that snowball effect, right? Because at the end of the day, what you want is to build that warm list of people that know you and have engaged with you. Because now you can email them, you can retarget them with ads, you can have in-app messages, free trials, whatever. And the more you do it, the more powerful it gets. Like, let's say I start with an email list of 100 people. Hey, I did a webinar and 200 new people signed up from cold email and LinkedIn. Okay, well, now I've got 300 people. So I can email them and do some new people. Now I've got 500, now I've got 1,000, now I've got 2,000. It just builds on itself, right? Mm -hmm. it, the, the webinar itself is a channel. And I know that sounds strange. Like, what do you mean? It's like, well... Because like, if you call to email someone and they don't respond or don't do anything, well, they're, they're dead. But if I call to email them or LinkedIn them or, or whatever, SEO, where they opt into the webinar, they've, they've taken a, a, a nice commitment mm -hmm. and they've become, you know, they've, they've gotten into that warm, that warm email list, that MQL or whatever you want to call it. And, and now you can build that relationship. But if you're doing webinars once a year, you're not going to get as many at bats and they're not going to remember you. Mm -hmm. So recommend doing it. You know, if you can once a month is, is great. Super cool. I completely agree. I remember when I first started doing them, it wasn't until like the third or fourth webinar I did where we started getting, you know, customers out of it and getting new clients where it was like, Hey, I watched two or three of your webinars. Right. And I remember that phrase, like multiple clients, like I've watched two or three and it took, a little while to build that relationship, right? Especially in like oh, yeah. B2B world. And if you're an enterprise, we all know sales cycles only get longer and it takes a while, right? To build that relationship. So it takes a while to build that trust and it may take two or three uh, events. You know, it's not just gonna be like one event and you're, you know, you're gonna convert everyone. It's a great, great advice in general for marketing. Um, anything else before we wrap up here, any other kind of things we haven't mentioned or any other pitfalls in general that folks should avoid when doing webinars and, and in this particular strategy? Um, you know, one thing I, I don't see enough of, and people are getting better at it, but is repurposing the content, mm. right? They do a great webinar, they spend all this time on it, they put it out there and then that's it, right? But so for me, like that, the webinar is the beginning. So after the webinar is done, repurpose it to an evergreen presentation, take clips out on social media, put that there, turn it into a blog. I My, my first webinar I did, that, that interview with that guy, I turned that into an ebook again because I, I was like, I bet people would be interested in this. Transcribed it, sent it to a designer, and like I literally didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, I bet people would like this. Did that with a cold email. We got 300 leads, like people opting into the marketing in like a day, because people were like, oh, I want to, I want to download that ebook because it wasn't just a generic ebook. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, the secrets of the number one, blah blah blah. And again, webinar was already done, mm -hmm. but it's like I same content, different format. You've now. You know, you can now 10x your reach with that with that approach. So cool, Chris. Well, I just want to I want to uh, congratulate you on your curiosity. I think is is so cool, and just actually something for everyone to consider as they're thinking about doing any sort of initiative like this is just try stuff, and you'll be so surprised at uh, first, obviously putting yourselves in the other people's in your audience's shoes and being super empathetic and 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 selfless, but also curiosity, and that's super cool. Um, that yeah. Super awesome. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your your thanks, your knowledge. And I'll have to have you on again. I'm sure we could do a part two at some point. Um, how can folks uh, follow you, connect with you online? Yeah, um, you can. I'm on LinkedIn. So Chris Sharma, if you put me in there, my company's called Webinar Grow. It's like it sounds. You go to webinargrow.com. Uh, those are probably the, the two big places. I, I think I have a YouTube channel for Webinar Grow, but I don't. I'll, I'll, I'll make some videos. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we'll hold you to that. Well, I'll send you the, the, uh, the original of this 
a podcast and you can repurpose it for a YouTube channel. <laughs> yes. yes. Super cool, Chris. Awesome, man. Thanks so much Thank for coming so on. Much. Yeah. Appreciate I'll talk it, to man. you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye.